everybody. Welcome to the Bench Pro Sports Podcast. We're glad you're here today's world. A bunch of sports junkies debating about the hottest topics going around in the world of sports. I'm your host, Wesley Splain. Brandon Farrell is here. It is Super Bowl week. The Rams and the Bengals are just five days away from kicking off, and we'll figure out who the 2022 Super Bowl champions will be. Brandon, what's going on? Yo, 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 yo. What up? Welcome back. Not only that, it's also cold and rainy day here in Florida. Ah, rainy day. So how cold is the rain when it gets into, like, Florida? Because, like, you're never getting snow. God forbid you Um, never get snow. It'll get down to, like, 35, 40 degrees. Still pretty Uh, cold rain. Yeah, it's it's when it's when it's that cold or even like fifty degrees and raining, it's pretty miserable, especially working outside all day. But uh, I guess you guys are getting some bad weather up there, so we're kind of getting the ass end of it down here. Yeah, we had like the icy part of it. Like most most of the Northeast got ice, uh, but like they salted the roads pretty well, where it wasn't like crazy enough. I know last week or whatever it was, it snowed uh pretty heavily, but it wasn't too bad. But I'm just tired of seeing snow on the ground. I'd rather take hot days than cold days because I, I just hate being cold all the time. I feel I feel that. Like, I can I deal that. with, like, a hot where it's, like, humidity is crazy. Like, Louisiana humidity. I can deal with that. I can't deal with, like, when it's, like, below freezing. Like, that. it's just awful. Especially when it's, like, the wind is uh, gusting, too, and it just hits your face and you're just red and feel like you can't even move like oh give me give me a soaking Ima- sweaty t-shirt all day like i'll take that twice on sundays imagine imagine being at a bills game or a patriots game dude i could i don't know how they do it like it, it's so either. tough even playing in like cold games like when i was in college at bloom like we would have like games that would be like 20 degrees out or whatever i never had a Never had a snow game unless I was playing in Montana, like back in the day. But just like 20 degrees is just like even playing was like miserable. I had to wear like four layers underneath and I was in shoulder pads (laughs) and everything. So you did wear sleeves. Oh, yeah. I was a big sleeves guy. Massive sleeves guy. These guys in the NFL that don't wear them when it's cold out, I just don't know how they do it. They're they're freaks. Uh, Just no way to put it. Like I, I was a good like solid 215, 220. It wasn't like I was skinny or whatever and just like had thin bones. It, no, it's cold. It, it's no way to put it. But like, I think there was a rule where it's like if you're a lineman, you have to like not put on sleeves. Otherwise, you, you know, you'll look like a bozo out there or something. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But I think Miles Garrett has kind of killed that stereotype. Well, I'm talking about offensive linemen. Oh, yeah. Like I've never big, seen big boys. Actually, have I? Doesn't Andrew Whitworth wear sleeves? I think he wears sleeves because of the injuries he's had. So, like, he has to. Yeah, I can't think of an offensive lineman I've ever seen like, wearing sleeves. Like, you know how you get, like, those elbow, like, sleeves to where it's, like, it's supposed to be a brace, but it's just, like, a certain, like, string or whatever. Like, huh. it's, like, support. I think that's yeah. what he wears. Oh, okay. So that way he doesn't have to wear the big, massive, like, elbow brace or whatever. But... No, I just hate the cold weather. But uh, we'll we'll start with, like, some small news, and then we'll wor- work our way up to, like, previewing the big game because, obviously, everyone wants some winners. We'll give you some. But uh, let's kind of go through some of the coaching hires that have happened over the, the past few weeks. So all the, all the positions have been filled, starting with uh, the Broncos hiring Nathaniel Hackett and then Bears hiring Matt Eberflus. Then you had the Giants' whole situation with – hiring Brian Dable over uh, Brian Flores. Then you have the Raiders hiring Josh McDaniels, the Vikings hiring Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell. Jaguars are going out and getting a Super Bowl-winning coach, Doug Peterson, to go with Trent Balky over down in Jacksonville to try to change that culture. I I think Doug Peterson will be improving over what Urban Meyer did anyway. Uh, Dolphins made controversy with their move of uh, firing Brian Flores and hire Mike McDaniel to – Offensive coordinator for the 49ers. Uh, Texans uh, stay within the house. They end up hiring Lovey Smith. There was a lot of hype of them hiring Josh McCown, but they end up going with uh, the two-time coach already who coached for the 
Bears, brought them to a Super Bowl, then coached down in Tampa Bay. Now Lovey Smith gets his third shot, so he's coaching with the Texans. And same thing with the Saints, staying in-house after Sean Payton retiring. They just promote defensive coordinator Dennis Allen to the position. So what kind of – out of all these teams, what do you think is like the most head-scratching move, the most likable move? Like I, it's too early to determine if coaches are going to be good or not. But uh, it, I guess it's going to be interesting to see Doug Peterson in Jacksonville working with Trevor Lawrence and then him have to play Carson Wentz twice a year. Lovey Smith was a surprise hire for me. When I saw that the other day, I was like, wow. I was like, another head coaching job for him. All right. So that was definitely the biggest surprise. Um, the most questionable one was Mike McDaniels um, for the Dolphins. <laughs> but as far as that goes, I mean, it is the Dolphins. Mike McDaniels looks like he's 23 years old and he drifts race cars for a living. Um, yeah, he kind of does. Yeah, he looks like he should be sponsored by Monster. Um, but uh, he, that those were those were my two shockers. Um, and I, the, the, the Peterson, definitely an upgrade, but that team that that team needs a lot of restructuring, um, not just starting at the head coach position. Yeah, Jacksonville was interesting because. You know, they didn't fire Trent Balky, which is a which is a GM that's very overbearing. I don't know if you remember this, but G, the, when Jim Harbaugh was having tension with the 49ers front office, it was with him. So there were a lot of people that just didn't want to work with Trent Balky. That's why Bill O'Brien pulled his name out of the coaching list. That's why Vic Fangio didn't want to go and coach down there. That's why Brian, Brian Lefwich didn't want to coach down there. He, he didn't want to work with Trent Balky. He wanted another GM in there. So kind of interesting from Doug Peterson. They interviewed Doug Peterson like way early in January and then just waited till now to hire him, which I don't know if Doug is going to have all the answers for Jacksonville, but at least you're like starting someone with like NFL with Super Bowl experience, let alone like having any experience at all. So like a complete 180 from last year. Well, you're taking a step in the right direction. Um I mean, you have a college, a successful college coach who clearly does not have what it, he doesn't have the right, I guess, assets uh, or what it takes to succeed in the NFL. And he just kind of acts like a, a college kid off the field. Oh, yeah. Um, so for Doug sure. Peterson is Doug Peterson is definitely a step in the right direction. Controversial for, I'm sure, some fans in Philadelphia. Um, but I think they play, they play each other this year, Jacksonville and Philly. Well, he's going to get a lot of season. booze. Oh, I don't know. Seems like Philly kind of liked him too. Like I feel like Philly hates the front office more than like Doug Peterson. Philly's a tough crowd. Philly is a tough crowd. I mean, hell, Doug Peterson has a statue outside of the stadium. Well, not saying he could take it. <laughs> not saying he could take the Jaguars to the Super Bowl, but definitely a step in the right direction. That would be amazing if he does, though. That would be probably more incredible than the story of the Bengals getting there. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think the bus bus of these hires, if I want to point it out, is Josh Josh McDaniels with the Raiders. I think, you know, Josh Josh is just not a head coach. I I've seen Josh as a head coach before with the Denver Broncos, and yeah, he might have been young and he didn't know probably what he was doing, but people just like hiring these Bill Bell checking guys, hoping that they would succeed after uh, learning from Belichick or getting like, you know, a little like tool up from Belichick. And then they just go back and just don't succeed. I think Brian, Brian Flores and Bill O'Brien have been the most successful ones. And I, I just don't see it with Josh McDaniels with his, I thought his offensive scheme was eh. The Raiders don't have any talent on defense and they hire an offensive minded coach to go with Derek Carr. I just don't know how that's going to work out, especially with that division getting a hell of a lot better. Josh um, McDaniels doesn't fit the job description for the Raiders. When you no. look at Josh McDaniels, you don't picture him in Raiders clothes. You picture Rob Ryan in Raiders clothes. You picture Jim Harbaugh in Raiders clothes. I'm th no. Well, I'm thinking of like a Gruden, like Rob Ryan, like rugged looking guy in a Raiders. Oh, Rex, in Raiders can you clothes. imagine Rex Ryan as a Raiders coach? Oh, dude. I mean, that's a, perfectly. That's the fit. Or, or um, what's his name? Uh, the dude coaching the Cowboys, Mike McCarthy. Yes. Mike McCarthy. I just picture those guys wearing a Raiders, uh, uniform. Definitely not Josh McDaniels. Yeah. I, I don't know. And then the, the whole Mike McDaniels thing with the dolphins, you really, cause he's going to bring Kyle Shan's 
Shanahan's offense over to um, Miami. Miami doesn't have a good offensive line. They have no good running game. And that's what San Francisco has. So, like, how the hell are you going to succeed with that with Tua as your QB? Who, no disrespect to Tua, but he's towards the bottom when it comes to ranking right now the QB starters in the NFL. Whoa, 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 buddy. Whoa, buddy. Let's get back to that check. That's very controversial on Twitter because the Tua gone guys will come right after you. The, the, the Tua basement dwellers. Oh, my God. Yeah. They, they go to bat with this guy. They got all of his ukuleles and everything. Like, They'll hit you over the head with it and just be like, no, you're wrong. Two is our sky. Two is the goat. I guess so. I don't know. But, I mean, you, you never know what these hires are going to do until the guy gets fired or one of these guys goes to the Super Bowl. Like Kevin O'Connell to me for the Vikings is just like, a, yeah, okay, that's standard. It's kind of like just like hiring the hottest OC that goes to the Super Bowl or whatever and just plucking them off the staff. I'm actually – I'm actually – as weird as it sounds, I'm pretty excited to see how this next season plays out with these coaching hires. Um, there's a couple guys in there, like we talked, like we just talked about, that I want to see how they do as a head coach or where they're at now and how they could help that team. If you know for a fact, if one of these guys starts like slow out the gate or whatever, the whole Brian Flores train is going to come right after him. Just like 110 miles an hour, just like oh well, they should hire Brian Flores or uh, Eric Bieniemy, which I I don't think Eric Bieniemy is ready for a head coaching job right now. But like you know, those guys are gonna come right out and just been like, you should hire Brian Flores. Like, well, I'm not saying Brian Flores is a good head coach. Uh, I just don't think Miami was the right fit for him. Um, but we've seen head coaches that don't succeed. Uh, Todd Bowles. He's not a successful head coach, but Bobby he's de- defensive coordinator for the Bucks, and he had a huge success the past few seasons. So yeah. sometimes it's not always about your, you being the right fit as a head coach. Sometimes you're the perfect fit for the positioning coach, like offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, quarterback coach. I'm not saying Brian Flores is a bad head coach. I do think he deserves another chance, but are there better options out there? Yes. Uh, but I mean, I, I still think he could have got he could have got got a job somewhere as a head coach. And it's, it may not be this year. It may come next year. We've seen coaches sit out for like a year and then get a head coaching gig the very next year, right? Like we're not sitting in our interview rooms. We don't know what's being said or whatever. But like it, it's probably one of the biggest like interviews you're probably ever going to conduct as an organization trying to hire a head football coach. It's a very important position. Because you don't want to be in that interview again. You want to make sure you hire the right guy. And I get the whole Rooney rule and everything and making sure there's equality around the National Football League, which is great, which is great for the NFL and all these minority um, coaches coming up. But at the same time, it's like these organizations got to hire the right guy. And it's a case-by-case situation. Miami screwed up, yes, but like – as a league thing, like when you talk about like the Broncos or um, the Bears and like the Vikings, they're trying to hire the best guy so that way they're not in this position again. It's a tough process, I'm sure, and it's a, probably a really tough interview and hiring process as it drags on. Some some of these hires took two uh, two months to get down. There were some teams out there that that were looking for head coaches that didn't pursue Ryan Flores. Um, it is a little bit questionable. Um, I don't want to say it's mistreatment, but I would really like to know a deeper. I, I want to know more in depth as to why he's suing these teams. Yeah, uh, and why and why he feels that he should sue these teams. I mean, he's, must he's been... got the right to be frustrated, but I feel like that was more of a Miami situation than it was like a whole National Football League thing as a whole. You know I would what just I mean? like to, yeah, I would just like to know a deeper inside, like maybe a 30 for 30 will come out one day and it'll explain <laughs> why he felt the need to sue these, these teams for, for, you know, uh, look, I think he's going to coach. I think he's going to coach again. I just think it's not with any of the, obviously it's not going to be with any of these teams. Like the giants was the one that made the most sense if he wanted to go there because like the coaching history of them having bill Parcells and Tom Coughlin and these tough and gritty guys that want to take over uh, teams and teach grit and everything. And I was kind of shocked with 
why they hired Brian Dayball, but it made sense because they just hired an assistant GM from the Bills to be their new GM. So you kind of want to keep the chemistry between those two guys. But other than that, I, I don't know. Like, I don't expect him to like, I think he's going to go full push on this thing, but uh, I do expect him to coach again. It'd be interesting to see how he takes this uh, further. Like if he alienates himself from the NFL owners, because then, you know, the NFL owners, they're very petty people. They'll, they'll abandon you like right off the bat. If you talk shit about him, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, yeah. I think he might just be more frustrated with the fact positioning coaches are getting first-time head coaching jobs over over him, who's shown some success as a head yeah, coach. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, one coach, like, can you imagine if Mike McCarthy gets fired and then Dallas goes, "Hey, let's hire Brian Flores. That's a great fit for him down right. there." Exactly. Right. Or in Seattle, like if Pete Carroll wants to hang it up or something like that, or if Bill Belichick wants to leave. I am surprised Pete Carroll did not get fired. I, I kind of am too. I thought he'd be one of the first ones to go as soon as the season ended. I thought so too. And I thought because he's up there, I think he's somewhere close to 70. I don't, I'm not exactly sure, but uh, you know, with the way see, things took place in Seattle, it just felt like it was an end of an era for like Russell Wilson and the Pete Carroll era. But I guess he convinced them to stay or like the organization was like, Hey, we're okay. Yeah. He's 70 years old. So I mean, that organization is, like, really pro-Pistol Pete then, if they're still believing in this guy. Well, I mean, like, look at how much success they've had with him. So, speaking of organization that can't get anything right, let's move on to the next thing. Uh, we got a new team name in the NFL, too. It is the Washington Commanders. Washington, Washington has announced their new team name as the Commanders. And uh, their, their uniforms released, too. Uh, a lot of people hate the name, including me. I don't mind the uniforms. I hate the white one. The white one is so atrocious. But uh, The white the one black- is plain. The red one's all right. And the black one, before you say it, I want to say the black one looks exactly like the Steelers uniform. Oh, well, I, I was not going to say that, but I was just going to rip on the W in the front of the head of the helmet. Like there's just a random W just sitting right there on the crown of the head. It's so weird looking. I don't know if this is a good move for them. I like they, they bet they kept saying like, we're going to tie the history of the organization into the new team name, the new branding. So that way we don't lose everything, but this, it just feels like a new expansion franchise. It does. And that's how they're treating it. It pretty much is. It's just like, let's pick the most generic name possible. So that way we don't get scrutiny for it. Washington Commanders. It fits right in with the New York Giants. Yeah, but Giants has like got that historical value. Commanders is brand new, and everyone's like, "What the hell is this all about?" They should have been like the Washington Pelicans or something. <laughs> Pelicans. I mean, this goes to show that the NHL does the best job when it comes to rebranding and team names and everything else compared to the NBA, the MLB and the NFL, the NBA, you have Pelicans and you're like, Oh, that's kind of wonky. MLB guardians. Dude. I had the coolest idea. What if they made NBA teams jerseys into like the NFL jerseys? Like, you know how cool some of the NBA jerseys are if they put, yeah, like the the Instagram jersey swaps. Yeah. I I saw some of those. That's what they need to do. Like, the NFL is just not, like, creative and flashy like the NBA, and I feel like they need to be that way as far as the uniforms go. Yeah, I the W literally looks like the same W that they've been using for the Washington football team. It's, it's one of the most plain and generic uniforms I've ever seen. Yeah, pretty much. Commanders has just got two lines above it, and that's the logo of the team. I mean, it's a plain, plain <laughs> Jane name, and I... And I have a buddy that's a big, he's like, a, he came from, he li- used to live in Washington. So he's a huge Redskins fan and he'll always call them the Redskins, but I guess he's got to be happy. Now he said, he's just going to go with it. Well, he has no choice, right? Otherwise you become a Baltimore Ravens fan or a Carolina Panthers fan for like that area. Better, better off being a Panthers fan. <laughs> but like I, I lived in DC from 2007 to uh, like the DC area from 2007 to 2013 and like 
the, the fan base has been clamoring for something positive for them. Like the when the RG three year happened, like it just felt like the whole franchise got rejuvenated. Like they got their guy, they made the playoffs, and like DC was buzzing about the team. And like, I don't know how you felt about like the logo and the uniforms back then, but I thought it was what like a top ten NFL uniform and logo. Cause like we see in the NHL with like the Chicago Blackhawks with like their native American with like the Florida state with the native American logo, I think as a franchise, and this is kind of dating back to like the nineties or whatever. And I've read previous articles about it. They didn't really do a good job at like doing charities or like helping out the native American community. They were just kind of ignoring them. And if they needed to change the name, they should have went over to them and been like, Hey, what's the best way we can honor you. And like keep donations and put you in the front of like our organization and our charities and everything else. I just felt like Dan Snyder just crossed his arms and was like, nah, I'm not changing the name and just kept being stubborn until he lost advertisers and he had to change the name. Like, wouldn't it be cool if they were like called the Washington Americans with that logo? I thought that would have been super, super cool. Yeah, but instead now they're like the commanders, whatever that means. Yeah, exactly. And like the way you like the way team names should work in sports is that like you're honoring whatever your name is, like your name is right. Like that's the way it should be. You know, the Vegas golden Knights honoring kind of the army a bit doing charities with the army for, because they're also called the black Knights. And, you know, I get the whole copyright and naming deal or something like that. But like if, if Dan Snyder was smart, he would have started this process. Like, in the nineties when he bought the team, just like, Hey, we got to put, we got to honor these guys because it's the roots of the, like the country history. And like, they were the first Americans there and like put them in the front. So that way you look like an awesome franchise and you're doing such a cool, awesome thing. Cause like when I grew up in Montana, we learned a lot about like native American culture. We had, we had powwows literally every single month in our school gymnasium. We would watch these guys like demonstrate and like, vibrate and perform their old like culture of their like past natives and stuff. And it was like super cool. And I felt like the, the Washington football franchise really botched it on top of their head, like got bonked right on the side of their head and really ruined the whole thing. Like with the way the Blackhawks are doing things, like they're honoring those tribes of like the Blackhawk uh, tribes and everything. They just have a Native American uh, scout, like a front office position, which is like massive for the community. Like that's how it should have been done with the Washington franchise. And they didn't do that. And now they're called the commanders and, you know, whatever. Honestly, <laughs> it's a dumpy organization. Well, that organization's been doomed for a while. I, I think they might be cursed, and it's probably because they haven't been honoring who they should be honoring the proper way or at yeah. all. Um, and I think the franchise is just cursed now. Like, if you would have made a partnership with, like, the Native American community and put those guys in front, you wouldn't have any of this controversy. Maybe they wanted to change the team name, too, at, at the end of the day, and you could do that with, like, Americans or something else to, like, honor them in some sort of way. But they just hightailed on out of there and waited until the very last minute and waited until everyone was pissed off with everybody. Like, it, it's just bad business management. That totally explains the whole franchise. It, it, commanders. Like, it took them two years to steal a Amer American Alliance football team name. And that was a generic <laughs> name and a generic uniform. I mean, come on. We, we both could create that uniform in Madden 2007 where, when we're creating our own franchise team for, like, franchise mode. Like, right. seriously. Like, I think that font I can download off of the internet before they even release the logo. I think it was, oh. like, called, like, Crypto or something. It was one of the first ones that pop up for you <laughs> when you choose your like, font. I feel like they just last minute, just like, oh, shit, we got to come up with a team name. Let's just yeah. do it. <laughs> well, yeah. So since it was released on February 2nd at 2.22 p.m., they probably came up with it at, like, 2 p.m. the following day. Or the there was the so prior day. There were so many leaks, too, that it was like, oh, yeah, the name is Commanders. And they did a such a piss-poor job at trying to hide the team name. Because it was so obvious. Like, they, 
they had the same footage and like they blurred out their footage for like their little hype release name uh, reveal, but then they forget to blur it out when they send it over to NBC Sports Washington and it says Commanders right on it. Like it's so bad with that freaking team. I feel so bad for that fan base because like they're hardcore fans like me, me and you. Like they they will do anything for that team to be good again and win another Super Bowl and get the four Super Bowls. But it just seems like it's just a the same shit we see every single year for the past 30 years with that organization where they just take so many steps back. Like the whole Sean Taylor retirement thing, like Sean Taylor's family didn't even know they were retiring the number until the week of like they get called and they're like, Oh yeah, we're, we're retiring your team. Uh, Sean Taylor's number. And it comes out like the next day, it was a bad report about like the investigation going on with like Dan Snyder and sexual assault and stuff. It was just, it was just an ass covering move. And like, they're, they're so pathetic. Yeah. If you're ever upset with your franchise, just think about the Washington franchise. It could be a lot worse. It could be right? much worse. Much worse. <laughs> like I would take Jacksonville over uh, Washington right now. It's just, right. they're just going in circles. But. It could always be worse, but never Washington worse. Well, it's going to be very worse for this guy. Um, it's Alvin Kamara. Where the Pro Bowl happened this weekend. I don't know if anybody watched the Pro Bowl, but um, it, I heard it was. You mean really, the two hand really touch bad. bowl? Yeah, that. Oh man! Like at <laughs> least like make a pact where it's like if you're going to wrap wrap up and then just fall down like that. How hard is that? I would have been going all out. I've been lighting guys up. Yeah, you would have been like Sean Taylor, just like laying out the punter for the Bills, just like going full steam ahead. Exactly. <laughs> but honestly, like at least like demonstrate a good product. But the Pro Bowl is what it is. I mean, like you look across the other all-star games, they're pretty wonky. Too. Like no one plays defense in the NBA all-star game. The NHL one, they're like half-ass skating and trying to do like cool dangles and try to score goals and stuff. It's pretty much practice for them. And then what the the MLB is probably the best one because they probably actually play baseball there. So, well, and, it and it's so lame too. It's so lame too. Like you pay good money to see all the best players in the world for each sport play, and you half-ass it. I yeah. think that's bullshit. You need to give the fans a show. I mean, like, come I, on now. I think as like a fan, like the only two All Star games that are worth like attending are probably the NBA and the MLB. The NHL, the NHL one, sure, because they do like three games and it's like exciting or whatever. And it's three on three hockey. You see cool goals and everything, but you don't see any hitting in the all-star game for the hockey one. So I, and like the Pro Bowl is just like, I will never attend the Pro Bowl. Put it back in Hawaii. What's wrong with that? I don't know. They want it in cold, rainy Orlando. That, and then they put it in Vegas this past year. And then the situation popped up with Alvin Kamara where he's now uh, like in jail. Like that just put it back in Hawaii. Yeah. So uh the the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department released a statement saying that um an NFL player was arrested for battery resulting in substantial body bodily harm. And it ended up being Alvin Kamara, where I guess there was a situation that happened at some sort of nightclub and like he threw a punch, knocked the guy out unconscious, then him and his boys started kicking him and then left the scene or whatever. So I don't know how severe it is. It's very in the early stages of the investigation, but this ain't a good look for the Saints. Who Now Dennis Allen, the new coach for the team, has got to deal with that, see if his star player is going to come back. Because he is the best player on the Saints. Although you can make a case for Cameron Jordan and uh, Armstead too, which are like awesome like defensive linemen and offensive tackle. But Kamara is that heart and soul of that offense. Yeah, all he needs to do is learn how to throw the ball. <laughs> pretty much and then you can play qb right but man tough situation for him too but uh i, I don't know we'll see how it goes he will stay there and sign with the raiders that would be or maybe the, that would be such maybe a him and move. alvin Kamara maybe him and fresh out of prison yeah maybe him and henry ruggs will team up in like basketball and like three on three in the prison league or something like start yeah, a mean they, machine team yeah they could run that court <laughs> Henry Ruggs just sees a uh, Kamar just walking through and he goes, I, I that ain't who I think it is, is it? Like <laughs> another another one, you know. I feel like there was another there's like a some oh, Raiders QB that got in trouble for something and he's like over there. 
Ah, fuck. I can't remember. Some old, like Marinovich? Nah, he was already in prison, but like in California. <laughs> but we should do one. I don't know. Ex NFL players now in prison. Yeah. Hey, have you been keeping up with the NBA trade deadline? No. Oh, you got to hear this. The Kings have literally sold like their entire thing for uh, Sabonis, their Jeez. entire franchise. Why? I don't. I don't know. Sabonis so, so is a good player, but like they had to trade uh, a bunch of players to get him. Uh, like Tyrese Halliburton is is gone, and he was. Kings fans are pissed that he was part of the deal. So like the the Pacers traded uh, Domus Sabonis and Jeremy Lamb uh, to Sacramento for Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Trips Tristan Thompson. Damn. They lost. Wow. That's a lot of good players. And then the Pelicans and the Blazers did a deal to where CJ McCollum is now on the Pelicans along with Larry Nance and uh, Tony Snell uh, and Josh Hart, Nicholas Andrews, Walker, Alexander Walker, and uh, a bunch of other couple role players are heading to Portland. So it seems like Portland's just opened up cap space to try to get Dame a guy. And who knows with this whole James Harden and um, Ben Simmons situation right now, the, the Brooklyn Nets are getting blown out at the end of the third quarter, 97 to 71 by the Boston Celtics and the Boston Celtics aren't that good either. So I guess the NBA is just keeping the NBA modem alive and just like training stars for nothing. But yeah, CJ McCollum is out of Portland and uh Sabonis went over to the Pacers and the Kings literally gave up everything for him. That's wild when a team gives up so many good players and assets for one guy. Like, do you really think that one guy could help change that whole franchise? With yeah. And it's like, have left? and it's like, why are the Kings buyers? Like they're, right. they don't have a squad. <laughs> they have no, nothing. Not at all. It's like all these teams at the bottom are just traded with each other. <laughs> the one the is like Pickens. the one is like Simmons. Like if he, it seems like like the uh, the seventy sixers Daryl Morey are just sights in on like trying to acquire James Harden. That it's either Harden or bust for him. Well, and the crazy thing to me is that Ben Simmons has already racked up all these fines from doing whatever he's been doing, not not participating. And he just, he can take, like, just, I mean, come on, dude. All you got to do is play basketball. Like, do you really, like, do you have that kind of money to where you could afford to lose all that extra money? Yeah. If you play basketball in the city of Philadelphia and you're, like, decent at it, they'll love you. Like, just be an all-star like you're meant to be, and they'll, they'll forgive you for everything. They honestly will. Like, they'll boo you for, like, the first two weeks. But if you drop, like, 20 or 30 a game and work on your actual freaking jump shot, then, like, they'll be like, oh, yeah, he's turned around. We love him now. That, like, it's not that hard. <laughs> it, it's not, but apparently for him it is. No, but, like, if the deal went down and you're a Sixers fan and you end up getting James Harden and you have to tra trade away Ben Simmons, probably Tobias Harris and uh, Maxi in the deal, like, would you like that for getting James Harden paired up with uh, Joel Embiid? Uh, no, I would. I mean, the Simmons, yeah. I mean, let him go, but I don't like the Tyrese Maxey and uh, Tobias Harris thrown in there. I mean, at least keep Tyrese Maxey. I mean, you have to you have to throw somebody in there to get Ben Simmons off because, like, Ben Simmons is no longer like a tradable package. You got you got to like combine him with somebody in a package deal. Ben like, Simmons he, and Tobias Harris. <laughs> Send send them to the Clippers and like trade for like Covington or something. No, we had Covington. Oh yeah, that's right. He was good. Yeah, he was a good there. three point shooter, but we need we need. I mean, we already have three point Powell, Seth Curry. We need. I don't know what. I mean, we need a guy like DeRozan or something. Hey, the Knicks will send you Julius Randle. It seems like no. he's out the door. No, we don't want Julius Randle. <laughs> I, that the Knicks are just so bad this year. It's a complete 180 from what happened last year. I I don't know what what's going on with the New York Knicks, but uh, it, it's just not good. They're 12th in the East. It, it's just like they're they're playing for the 10th seed right now. 
with the Atlanta Hawks. It's, it's so bad. The fact that Cleveland is the four seed in the East and the Chicago Bulls are number three is like wild to me. Miami's number one. Yeah, that is crazy that the Bulls are top three right now. <laughs> I mean, Zach Levine's having a good year. It, it's because they have DeMar DeRozan. He's been an absolute superstar for real. Uh-huh. But let's talk about football now. We got It's the week of the big game, the, Ra- the Rams and the Bengals. We talked about it last week. Has your mind flipped at all this week about, like, are you looking at particularly anything? The spread is hung pat at, uh, at four. Minus four, the Rams are favored. Uh, it was sitting at four and a half or a little bit, but it went back down. The over under is 48 and a half. Uh, heads and tails is still the same. Uh, I don't know about the Gatorade bath odds yet, but, um, you know, is, is it still the same? Who do you think the MVP is going to be, et cetera? Like, what, what's your thought process right now being a few days away from the Super Bowl? I can't believe the Super Bowl is already this weekend. Uh, well, man. first of all, what do you think about the jersey selections? Because we saw the jerseys come out. The Bengals are going to wear black. The Rams are going to wear like their alternate white uniforms, which thank God that they're not wearing the bone white uniforms. But uh, I wish they wore blue pants instead of yellow. But like, I think it's a decent uniform combo. I'm not crazy about them. I mean, I'd like to see the uniforms that I sent in that group chat with the helmets. Oh, the, the, the black the that- Ram ones. Yeah, and the and the all white Bengal ones with the helmets to match. I think that would be so awesome. Well, I think next year because the helmet rule changes to where you can do secondary colors for the uh, the helmets. I think we are going to get the white Bengal uh, helmet next year, but I I just don't like the Ram black one. Like, no, I I don't like the Ram black one. Maybe like the old school like Rams where it's like remember the uh the Rams and Patriots Super Bowl those uniforms they wore in that game like if they wore those I'd be like yeah that's cool yeah that's what I mean the NFL needs more creativity I like the NBA and their and their uniforms like there's well, no not, like the NBA wears too many uniforms I think I'm you gotta saying, have like a good like more rotation I'm, just, I'm not saying make more for the NFL I'm just saying make them like 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 the city i guess the city jerseys for the nba or like stuff like that cool cool designs right or like not, throwbacks yeah not just a plain jersey with a friggin stitch on the chest right well what what is washington going to do with their throwbacks it's just going to stay stay the same i guess <laughs> I, I, <laughs> yeah cuz they don't have it anymore i mean the commanders technically don't have any throwbacks Exactly. So, like, what the hell are they gonna? They're gonna throw back to the Washington football team, just like the stickers on the side of the helmets. Yeah, WFT. probably. Probably. It's it's WFT week. <laughs> Actually, it's WTF. That's what their logo should be. The whole franchise is that, to a T. Like, yeah, capitalized letters too. But going back to the game. I think you were leaning towards the Bengals, if I'm not mistaken. Are, are you still like on the Bengals uh, hype wagon? It seems like the whole world wants the Bengals to win. Well, I don't really care who wins, but I, I would like to see the Bengals win. I think it would be nuts if like Joe Burrow just like took, took the whole football world by storm. He'd be the first uh, player to win the Heisman, the, the national championship in the Super Bowl. Ever. Yeah, that's insane. Do I, I mean <laughs> that's that's a hell of a stat. I think what other what other stat is a hell of a stat is is the white jersey thing and the Rams are wearing the white and the past 17 Super Bowls, the team that wears the white jersey is 14 and 3. So I I don't know if that's like a good thing for the Bengals or a bad thing for the Bengals, maybe be a bit of a trendsetter, but I, I just don't know how Joe Burrow is going to stand up when Leonard Floyd, Von Miller, and Aaron Donald are all rushing him. I mean, that's a hell of a – that's way better of a pass rush than seeing what the Chiefs did with just Chris Jones and uh, Frank Clark. And then who, Tennessee, who had nine sacks against them with nine? Like, imagine well, – I, the- I was about to say, imagine Tennessee on steroids. That's what the Rams are. Well, and they got the home field advantage too, so it's going to be extremely loud in there. Well, do you think that because the Rams don't really have a fan base, 
I feel like it's going to be more Bengals fans in there than anything. Yeah, but you got to think like the diehard Bengals fans, they can't afford tickets to get to to get to the Super Bowl and to get to L.A. Did you see the cheapest ticket available for the Super Bowl? It's seven thousand dollars. Yeah, that's insane. For and, like the and, cheap and, seats. And that's it's it's sick, honestly, because then the diehard fans don't get to go and enjoy it because those you know those diehard fans, you know how they are. Yeah. You've never seen people with a ton of money be diehard fans of any football team. Um, so I think it's definitely going to be yeah, heavy the blue collar guys. It's, yeah, the blue collar guys can't afford that. They got to make a payment <laughs> on their mortgage, their truck, and their kids. They can't afford <laughs> the game. And they got to afford the gabagool that comes in with the Super Bowl party. They can't go. They can't go. That's only for the rich. <laughs> I feel like the only affordable Super Bowl was uh, the one that was played here in New York, where it was like, I think the price was went from like the $5,000 being the cheapest ticket to down to like 900 bucks because everyone was like, well, I'm not sitting in the cold. Then next thing you know, Super Bowl Sunday comes and it was like 60 degrees out. <laughs> That I'd rather Super watch Bowl. the Super Bowl from the couch. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, like, if you if you get, like, I don't know, if, like, your boss knows somebody and you end up get winning, like, a raffle or getting, like, a free contest and you end up winning tickets and you're, like, on, like, the 50-yard line, that's got to be awesome. Because, like, I'm sure those tickets are, like, $20,000 for this year just to sit on the 50. Being in L.A., everything is going to be more expensive. I don't know. I'm still on the Rams because I feel like everyone else is on the Bengals. I get it. Team like the Rams are just like kind of just slow walking in here and the Bengals just have that chip on their shoulder. Just like, hey, why not us? I mean, it kind of works that way because like they're two opposite teams, right? Like the Rams ended up buying like not really like buying their team but like they made a lot of free agent acquisitions like the whole matthew stafford trade has worked out for them and then you got the Bengals that were just like yeah we drafted the right guys and we're still we made it this far with like house money like they got they got like 55 million dollars in cap space they're going to spend on this uh this upcoming off season and they're like well we're in the super bowl we're playing with house money who cares like we're, we're happy to just be here we're we'll try to win too <laughs> Yeah, the Rams were definitely bought. They were bought to the Super Bowl. Absolutely. Who do you think has the most pressure, Matthew Stafford or Joe Burrow? I, Matthew, I think it's Matthew like, Stafford, for sure. For sure, right? Uh, Joe Burrow, you know, young kid, got him all the way to the Super Bowl, great quarterback, but he's got his whole career. Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford is uh, he's up there. He's, he's going to be due for retirement anytime soon. Well, he just turned 34, so but he's had a shit ton of injuries too. So it might not be like as long as people think it is. Like, what he had, he broke his back, and then he had a bunch of other arm injuries or whatever. Like he's blown out his knee a couple of times. I don't know how long he's gonna play for, but but definitely more pressure on him. The guy, yeah. like, this guy, finally makes it to a Super Bowl after so many years, and he's got this pretty much super team around him. It's like, you got to win. This one's on you. Does he, so if he wins, is he a first ballot hall of famer? You think? Cause he I, now has that title. I mean, as good of a quarterback as he's been, I would say yes. And the super bowl solidifies it. Yeah, I think so too. Like it's, he's in top 10 for like every single passing stat right now. So like you, of all time. So like you can't take him out. Regardless, like, how, in order for the Bengals to win, what do they need to do? Right? Like, what what is the game plan going to be for the Cincinnati Bengals? Because you got you got to have some time to protect Joe Burrow, but you might not get it. So, like, what's going to be the winning formula for each team? Do you think? Well, the Bengals need to protect Joe Burrow, and the Bengals also need to play really good defense. And I think they can do that against against Matthew Stafford. So the Bengals' key to success is definitely going to be defense because uh, we know that offensive line is not going to hold up. Uh, so defense, defense, defense. And as far as the Rams go, Matthew Stafford needs to just get the game flowing. They need to come out pass heavy, limit the running game, um, and just let Matthew Stafford work his magic with Cooper Cup. 
You you know what? Like I can see. Remember how we were like, oh, play, playoff Lenny showed up last year, right? Well, I feel like this year it's like playoff Odell. He he's been a monster in these past Ooh. few playoff games, and he's been such a huge well, acquisition for the Rams. Well, he's another guy playing with a chip on his shoulder. Well, he has to win. He's he's one of those guys where it's like you have to win, dude, in order to solidify kind of what you've been through the past few years. Well, he's been with two messed up organizations. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, like the Giants, like he was he was okay with the Giants. But like that was more of towards the later end, the Giants just screwing every single business decision up. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> Yeah, and up until now, the Giants have finally made a good move. But in order for the Bengals to win, I think they need to do some short game, like passing, right? They need to, like, throw, like, one, two, three, bang. Yeah, get it out of Joe Burrow's hands as fast as possible. Like, possibly some screen passes. Like, I think this is going to be a huge game for the Rams linebackers, right? Because Cincinnati's not going to be able to sit back there for three seconds and then throw the ball deep or whatever. They might do a quick lob toss out to Jamar Chase or T. Higgins, whoever it is. But they, Joe Burrow's releasing the ball within two seconds. So I think you, the game plan for the Rams defensively should be let's let's kind of play like some soft zone coverage, see what they do. Because I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball against the Rams because the way Cincinnati cannot push the line of scrimmage with their offensive line. They have to punch the ball outside. When you watch the Cincinnati Bengals like game tape or whatever, they do a lot of zone running schemes with Joe Mixon. Like he's running like outside the hashes. He's never running up the gut for like positive yards. He has to go outside and break one out. So, in order for the for the Rams to be successful, those linebackers have to move side to side pretty quick, and like the D line has to be able to recognize really quick whether it's a run or a pass. And then secondly, I. Like, uh, I don't know if you watched, but like, I just watched the, there was a replay of the bills and the Giants Super Bowl from like in Tampa Bay. And like, there was like a nice documentary called the four falls of Buffalo on it to where Bill Belichick literally had two defensive linemen. And then the rest were just LBs and linebackers and they just dropped and they just let the bills just like check down the ball all the time. I think that would work perfectly for what, uh, Cincinnati is going to be able to do offensively, and if you're the Rams, just drop everyone back and just come up and just make good tackles. But uh, as for the Rams, like, you got you got to be able to take care of the football. Do not turn the ball over to this. Cincinnati is so opportunistic. Like, they made Patrick Mahomes look bad last week with, I think, like two or three turnovers. They turned – they intercepted Ryan Tannehill three times. Uh, they didn't really have that many turnovers in the Raiders game, I don't think. But, like – you you can't turn the ball over over like drastically, and the Rams have been acceptable to that to turning the ball over. Matthew Stafford does have to play a clean game, but like the running game too has to be spot on as well. Like Cam Akers cannot fumble the football. You you can't put the you cannot give Cincinnati a short field to work with, and they're going to be able to score either with Evan McPherson or with like a Joe Burrow pass or something like that. And that's why I said they have to be heavy on the pass game. Don't run the ball. <laughs> so let's put our final let's put our final touches on this game when it comes to betting wise and then we'll be on our merry way uh heads or tails for the coin toss at the, at the, the beginning toss. yes uh i'm gonna go tails i'm ta- i'm tails as well i was on heads last year i feel like it's gonna be tails this year heads has been three out of the four past coin tosses it's been heads uh the team that has Here's a crazy stat for you. The team ha- that has won the coin toss has ended up losing five straight Super Bowls, I think it was. I got to pull it up. It's crazy. Oof. Also, I forgot to mention this earlier when we were talking about Levy Smith. So at his press conference today, when they were introducing him as the new head coach, uh, the fire alarm went off. And the whole building had to evacuate. <laughs> and then they had to go back in and finish up the press conference. <laughs> That's appropriate. Very appropriate for what um, the Texans. How about how about Bill O'Brien literally just like making that team so good and then making them complete shit and just 
the quick amount of time that he did, like within a year. They were they were literally winning 24 to 0 against the Kansas City Chiefs in the divisional round in 2019. And then all of a sudden they they shit the bed now and they're they're an awful franchise. It's it's weird the way the NFL works like that. I don't get it. <laughs> That's all you can say, too. Like you're just like, ah shit, whatever. I don't get it. It doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, where where do you go? Where down the line do you start to go so wrong? <laughs> But um, all right. So Gatorade bath. What color? Uh, I'm gonna go orange. I'm going red. I'm gonna go orange. I like yeah. orange. I had an orange Gatorade the other day, and it reminded me how much I enjoy orange Gatorade. So I'm gonna go orange. But don't you think if you're the Bengals, like if you do orange bath, that's kind of just like cliche? Nah, nah. I mean, you don't want to do a blue one. Well, I. I mean, the blue is for the Rams, so. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Tampa went blue last year. Blue for the Tampa Bay by the water. Oh, uh, true. Yeah, you're right. Maybe, maybe some people, maybe they do a vote. What's what's everyone's favorite Gatorade and the most popular wins? All right, so I found my, I found my coin toss stats. These are actually really juicy. So Tails all time is, is winning the battle 29 to 26. That's Tails' record. Uh, heads has hit three of the past four times, including last season, which I was on no, uh, big deal or whatever. Here's the big one though. You'll, you'll be able to know who wins the Super Bowl. by the way, after the coin toss, the coin toss winner has lost seven straight Super Bowls, seven straight. So if the Rams win the coin toss, you just bet Cincinnati. Like don't, don't put your bets in now you wait till the coin toss is over and then you just live bet it. So maybe, uh, you know, the coin toss winner breaks the streak this year. So regardless, uh, see. yeah, so I'm going with, um, color. I'm going to go with red. I think red is going to be it this year. A lot of people are just like, oh, clear because it's water. And it's like, no, like Gatorade probably pays a bunch of money to do the Gatorade bath every year. Of course. Like, of course. They don't want water in there. That's a lot of money taken away from Gatorade. That's a lot yeah. of merchandise sales. Yeah, don't you dare put water in there. <laughs> don't make it the clear Gatorade either. Like, it's probably Gatorade will come out and like if it was clear, it'd be like, oh, Gatorade lost five million dollars because the Gatorade bath was water or some stupid stat like that. <laughs> right. Um. So who's going to be the MVP of the Super Bowl? That I cannot say. Because then I'm predicting who's going to win, and I can't predict who's going to win, so I'm not going to say who who the MVP will be. But right, I'm sure we'll it'll I'm sure it'll be a quarterback. Okay, which quarterback though? Well, if it's the Bengals, I mean, <laughs> I I want the Bengals to win, so Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, uh, like if the Bengals do win, it's going to be him. Yeah, right? for sure, for sure. Maybe it's Jamar Chase. Who knows? But Joe Burrow is the second favorite. Matthew Stafford is is the favorite at plus 125. I'm going to go a bit on the defensive side because you know me. I'm a big defensive guy. I think Aaron Donald is going to be the MVP of the Super Bowl. All it's right. just set up. All right. It's just set up so perfectly for Aaron Donald to have a monster game like going up. Cincinnati's center cannot block anybody. He straight up can't. Um, who is the guy? Justin Jefferson. Or not Justin Jefferson. Oh, man, the Tennessee nose tackle that had like three sacks. What was his dang name? He's he's an all-pro. I forget it. But um, he had three sacks in the divisional round against Joe Burrow. Literally just pushing the guy right into the back of uh, Joe Burrow's lap. So I think Aaron Donald is better than that guy. I, I just see Aaron Donald probably having four sacks in this Super Bowl. Damn, four sacks? Four sacks, yeah. Damn. Oof. And then Vaughn Miller having another two of them. Maybe a strip sack there, too. Uh, do you have any exotic, like, anytime touchdown scores? Like, do you think, like, we're going to see a random touchdown score? Uh, random touchdown score. I think the Rams are going to score on defense. 
I think they'll get one t- defensive touchdown. All right. I'll go with a Cincinnati special teams touchdown. Ooh. Okay. So like a punt return? I'm thinking like a, a pump block. Oh, pump block. There we go. Something crazy like that. A field goal block. All right. Yeah. I like that too. <laughs> um, who's going to have a better game uh, receiving wise? Jamar Chase or Cooper Cup? Uh, probably Cooper Cup. I think Cooper Cup will have a better receiving game. Yeah. Sure. I mean, like Jalen Ramsey has been getting cooked these past few games. Getting cooked up. Getting put in a pot of co- pot of stew and cooked. I mean, Mike Evans burned him so bad that like he he's just burnt toast now. So <laughs> who knows? Now he's just burnt out. He sucks now. Nah, I'm kidding. <laughs> Better day, Joe Mixon or Cam Akers? Joe Mixon. I'm gonna go with Cam Akers. Actually, Sony Michelle should probably be the better running back out of all three of them. He's been decent with the Rams. Remember when Sony Michelle, everyone's like, oh, Sony's the biggest bust of all time uh, in New England. They're like, oh, get this guy out of here. We want him cut. They spent a first round pick on him. All right. Then they tra- they trade him over to the Rams for like a sixth round pick. Can you imagine from being picked first over uh, first round and then you're traded away for a sixth round pick? Just yeah, goes to show how much the team thinks of you. That's got to hurt. All right. Gonna stay. Over under 48 and a half total points at this game. Under. Under? I'm thinking under too. Yeah, I think it's under. Do you do the Super Bowl? Like, do you have like a um up like a at your like casual work? Do you do like those blocks, the Super Bowl blocks where you like you get a last digit for like each winning side and losing side? I think it's called like pool block or something like that. I I have one, but I know what you're talking about, but no, I don't do that. So I have one, one and zero. So like the winning score has to be one and the losing score has to be zero. So you're thinking, so you're thinking like 17 to 10 or no, I'm like the last digit has to be one. Oh, okay. 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 Last digit for the losing side has to be zero. So gotcha. like I'm thinking 2110. 2110. All right. Or or like 2120 wins it for me too. Like one All of right. those. All right. I like those scores. Um yeah, I mean if you're gonna go what's the over under 48? So I'm if we're gonna go under. Yeah, I think that yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Or 3120. Maybe maybe both teams like let it loose. But like every single Super Bowl, like the first half starts so so slow. Everyone's nervous. They go work the butterflies out. Unless you're yeah. Tom Brady, then you're just so used to it. It's like practice. Yeah, you're just like, oh, dude, this is a regular season game. Who, can, who yeah, cares? It's, like, it's just the freaking Super Bowl. Don't be nervous. <laughs> yes. I wonder what his pregame speech is for the Super Bowl. Just like, all right, guys, like, we're here. Let's go win it. He's like, come on, guys. Stop acting like you've never been here before. Why are you guys shaking and crying on the opening kickoff, dude? It's just, a, It's just a football game. Yeah, it's a regular season game. Come on. There's nothing on the line, right? Like we're, we'll play next season and we'll be, we'll be back here. You know, it's not a big deal. Oh, the flashing light bulbs. Like who cares? <laughs> All right, let's pick the actual game. So give me, give me the winning team, final score and final breakdown. Man, I just gave you a breakdown. Um, well, I know right. you gave me a breakdown, but I'm going to go Bengals. Final word. All right, let's see. I'll go Bengals 20. I say 21, 21, 17. Safe score. Uh, it's won by a field goal. Uh, of course, you got to throw Evan McPherson into the mix to get that field goal. Wait, so you want 2017 instead of 21? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. 2017. 20, um, I think that's a fair score. Uh, JB, MVP of the game. Can you imagine if that cashes? Sure. I'd be rich. <laughs> I'd be rich, dude. What are you talking about? The Bengals have to be so if like if your way or like your prediction comes true, the Bengals would be the the second highest dog to win the Super Bowl. The Ram the Rams in nineteen ninety nine were hundred and fifty to one. Holy the Bengals cow. 
the Bengals going into this season were 120 to one to win the Super Bowl. Damn. New England is uh, would be third on the list if the Bengals won because the 2001 New England Patriots were 60 to one to win the Super Bowl. Damn. So, like 120 to one is like absurd. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. Like Cincinnati's win total was six and a half this season. I smashed the over because like I was like, yeah, they can get the seven and eight wins. They got a decent team. They're going to air it out. But like the offensive line could do a little bit of improvement. And then they just end up winning division. And here we are in a Super Bowl. And they're, right. they're right here. So. All right. But uh, all right. So my final score is going to be 21-10 Rams. Kind of like you know a spite bet because I have that one and zero bet for the Super Bowl square. I also am going to take the under, um, and I think, look, I, like I I love this. It's a nice story and everything like that. And I I doubted them against Tennessee, and I really wanted them to win against Kansas City. So like I'm two of one this postseason betting against uh, betting with and against the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm I'm just going to bet against them this time. Uh, on paper, matchup wise, X's and O's wise, just like it just says, like, bet the Rams because you know they're going to do a lot of quick passes, Cincinnati is, and they're going to have success early on. But, um, you know, it the Rams, it's the Rams' time to shine, and if they don't, then it's such a disappointing season for the LA Rams. And I feel like the window is finally going to close on them, the Super Bowl window will close on them if they don't win this one. Like they absolutely have to win this one in my mind in order to you know stay relevant amongst the top dogs in the um in the NFL. So I'm going Rams, twenty one, Bengals ten. Somebody's confident about their bet. Oh, I hope so. I also do have an exact bet of the Rams over the Bengals that I made, uh, before conference championship week at like a thousand to one. So I hope that hits. Mm. Oh, plus a thousand. My bad. Not a thousand to one. But all right. Anything else? I think yeah. we pretty much covered it. Oh, yeah. This halftime show with like Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Dr. Dre, or anything like that. But we're going to get any surprises like national anthem wise or, you know, who, who's calling? Oh, it's NBC. So like Chris Collinsworth, Al Michaels, we're going to hear an F bomb or something. You know, I don't know. Dude, I don't know. <laughs> I, I really, I, I, I don't know. I'm just ready to watch the game. Right. I'm just ready to sit down, eat some eat some steak, drink some beer, and watch the Super Bowl. Dude, I wish – it's going to kill me working the Super Bowl because I'm I'm going to want to crack a cold one so bad. You could. You just put it in one of those, like, uh, hidden, like soda cans or something. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Like a Mountain Dew can. So, like, so like uh, during the beach trip with, like, my group, group of friends or whatever, we had those, like – covers to where it's uh it's like pepsi or coca-cola or mountain dew and it's actually like coors light or miller light or whatever yeah. i might just pull that move honestly well, and, then, and then beach patrol drives by you all day and sees you chugging like 12 to 15 like pepsis and like, what, the hell's, <laughs> what the hell's wrong with this guy he must have diabetes out the ass <laughs> like dude's not getting past 50 that's for sure <laughs> dude why is he chugging so many pepsis <laughs> I could just see somebody doing that. Just like, holy shit, that's a lot of Coca-Cola. The uh, stomach's going to explode. That's pretty funny. All right. That's going to do it for the Bench Bro Super Bowl prediction show uh, and everything else. So glad you stuck along. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Bench Bro Sports. We'll be uh, tweeting about the game and following about the game and everything else. And then we'll recap it next week. Uh, as the NFL season will come to a close. So uh, final word, Brandon, I, I hope the wash, how funny would it be if Washington just like pulled a fast one on him? It was like, psych, that's not the team name. It's actually red hogs. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if Washington came out before the season started and totally just changed everything. Uh, <laughs> Cause they didn't like what that just came out. Um, yeah. Like so everyone being, hates him. Yeah. So be on the lookout. Maybe Washington likes it likes it that way that everybody hates them. <laughs> they'll they'll be like, you know what? We're just gonna go back to football team. Like we're we're just gonna go back to that. Just go back to our roots. We're just gonna remove ourselves from Washington and just be football team. <laughs> yeah, right. Unknown location. Washington, you don't deserve us. <laughs> right. Well, like they 
they have the they literally have the worst stadium. They have the worst like organization front officely. Ron Rivera is pretty is a pretty good coach, I say. Like the team itself is like not bad. It's not great either, but it's it's like an in the middle road team. Like if you swap the if you swap the Jaguars with the the, uh, the Washington Commanders now, it, you want to notice a difference. You'd be like, oh yeah, I mean like they're a decent squad or whatever. But I mean like oh my god, I can't believe it's Commanders. That's just the moral of the story. But regardless. All right, that's going to do it. I'm Wes. That's Brandon. Thanks for listening in. Enjoy the Super Bowl. That's the show. We're out of here. Peace.